0: So we know that Jesus fulfills that text of Isaiah in his own day, in his own life. We know that Jesus goes about working miracles. He heals the sick. He delivers people from demons. He proclaims forgiveness. So Jesus gives liberty to captives. Jesus sets the downtrodden free. He confirms the truth of his preaching of his words with wonderful deeds. But also through the church, Jesus fulfills this prophecy of Isaiah. St. Paul talks to the Corinthians about this body of which they are all members. He's describing the church What we call the mystical body of the church. So we are all different parts of that body. Not one part of that body is unnecessary or useless, but in fact, the body needs all the parts working together. We are all baptized in the one spirit, St. Paul says. And so through baptism and through confirmation, we have been anointed. And the Lord sends us to carry on his work. So we're meant to help set the captives free. We are meant to set the downtrodden free. We're meant to help give sight to the blind. We're meant to confirm our own preaching with deeds. So we are instruments of Jesus Christ in that way. And when we love each other authentically, this is what happens. Love sets captives free. Love gives gives sight to the blind. Love works miracles in our midst. But Jesus not only fulfills these things through us as his body, as his hands and feet, but also in a very particular way through the sacraments. So when Jesus ascended into heaven, he didn't leave us. All the mysteries of Jesus' life have passed over to the sacraments. And the sacraments are dispensers of great power, But one thing I think is very important for us in this day and age in the church is to realise again the power of the sacraments. To realise again that we are faced all the time with extraordinary, powerful graces that God gives us. That the sacraments are real. That the sacraments impart the life of God Because somehow what is extraordinary has become, at least seemingly for many of us, very ordinary. We heard from the prophet Nehemiah the people listening to the reading of the book of the law. The context for this is that the people have just returned from exile in Babylon, so they've been permitted to come back. To Jerusalem to rebuild their precious temple and now to re establish the law of Moses. So, the reason there's so much emotion going on in that first reading, the reason that we see the people are bowing down, they're prostrating themselves, they're even crying, is because they've come back home. God's law is once more being. Reestablished among them. So it's a momentous moment. Now think of that. Think of those people responding to just the reading of the book of the law. And it says it goes on for some time, many hours. This law is being read. But now think of how we behave with the sacraments, which are even more incredible which contain the presence of Jesus Christ, which contain his awesome power. You know, I've heard many stories of people, sometimes other Christians, sometimes people of no faith, who said, you really believe, for example, when you come to Mass, that that, what appears to be bread and wine, is really Jesus Christ. You really believe that's him. Because you don't look like you believe it. You don't behave like you believe it. And it's a big challenge to us as Catholics that we need to start acting as if we believe what we say we believe. We need, for example, when we come for the Eucharist, to be hungry for it, to desire it greatly, and to have reverence before it. We're not kneeling before a piece of bread. We're not genuflecting to nothing. We're genuflecting to God himself, Jesus Christ. So that's the Eucharist, but we could say it perhaps about any sacraments. How many baptisms have we been to? We didn't really listen. We didn't perhaps pay many much attention to what was going on. Now in one parish, I'd just celebrated a baptism and there was two women walking out of the church just a little way away from me. And I heard them as they were going out say, and now onto the important thing. And they meant the after-baptism party. How could we be in the presence of such a gift and basically turn our nose up at it and that's what we're doing when we don't show due reverence to the things of God. When we don't recognize or remember that God is present in these wonderful ways. So, how do we combat that? Well, one thing is we have to try and prepare for things. So, I'll tell you the way not to go to Mass. <laughs> Don't go to Mass aiming to arrive as the priest is the sign of the cross or even later. <laughs> Aim to arrive a little bit before. Aim to arrive in such a way that we can prepare for what's about to happen. Because when we prepare ourselves then we're better able to participate and revere what's going on, we're better able to receive our Lord with the right disposition another way is simply also just to talk to yourself don't mean audibly in the middle of the church don't want everyone chattering away but just to kind of say for example as you're coming up in the line for communion to say this is Jesus this is Jesus who is about to be placed in my mouth or in my hand this is the real thing this is God, imagine what would happen if we were able to approach all the sacraments that way. Because you know the sacraments, however great they are objectively, so however much power they have, the effects of them rely on our disposition. So it matters how we approach them as to the fruits that they will bear in our life. If we don't approach them with the right disposition, it can be like um, pouring water onto rocky ground. The water just disappears. But we want to be rich soil. We want to embrace all the graces that God wants to give us. And God can give us amazing graces through the sacraments. He can totally change someone's life through one reception of Holy Communion, through one... Baptism, He can completely change everything. There was a girl who I read about once who had um, terminal cancer and she was devastated. She was only a student and she was at her dad's place of work once and she happened across this book about uh, miracles and about this nun who had um, a healing ministry and so she tracked this nun down. And she said, sister, I really need a miracle. I've got this cancer and I don't know what to do about it. Please pray for me. And this sister said, you're a Catholic, are you? And she went, yes, but haven't been to church for years. And she said, well, you know, obviously I can pray for you, but I'm not the one who heals. Jesus is the one who heals. And Jesus is there in your parish church every week, every day. He's there. And she talked to this girl about the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. And at the end of this explanation, this girl was in tears because she said, My mum and dad never explained that to me. They never told me that it was really Jesus. They never told me it was really God. And I've passed this gift up all the time for so, so long. And so she went to Mass and she wrote a letter to the sister afterwards. And she said, sister, I did what you told me. I went to Mass um, and I asked Jesus to heal me. And you know, it felt like I was going to Mass for the first time. Everything was different everything had changed. And she received Holy Communion and she felt something happen. She didn't know what it was. But when she went to the doctors, she was completely clear of any cancer. She was completely healed. And not only that, but afterwards, her father came to the convent to give thanks to God and to say thank you to the sister for this newfound and um, for this healing, but also his newfound faith, the mother and father came back to church. They realized the awesome power of the sacraments. One of the prophecies, one of the things that Isaiah says is that Jesus will give sight to the blind. And I think that needs to be our prayer too for ourselves that when we are blind to the extraordinary which is in the ordinary, when we are blind to the grace of God working through the sacraments, that God removes the veil from our eyes and helps us to realize what's really going on. As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate.